Okay, our passage today is from Matthew 13, 33. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of, flou of flour until it worked all through the dough. All right. Good morning. Good evening. Good afternoon. Middle of the night, three in the morning, whenever you're watching this. Uh, hopefully you're with us on Sunday morning. Glad you're watching with us. Um, I'm not wearing a black shirt today because I'm not preaching today. We are blessed and honored to have one of our elders, uh, Monica, is going to come on up and she's going to lead us. Uh, give her a round of applause, everyone. I'll <laughs> she's going to come on up and, uh, and lead us through today's, uh, today's sermon, today's passage. The stage is yours. Don't oh, you do don't that. Need this. I got it. Thank you guys so much. As Tommy said, my name is Monica and I'm one of the elders here at Watermark. I have been here attending Watermark for 10 years, um, and I, my husband and I have been here for 10 years. We raised our three children here at Watermark. We got married while we were here at Watermark, and we've been serving um, within the community for eight years. So it's, I'm proud to say that I've been serving for eight years here. Um, so also, if you would have asked me a year from now, if I would be here in front of you preaching, I would have said, not in a million years. But sometimes when you say yes to God, uh, sometimes crazy things happen, but they're always wonderful. So um, let me go ahead, and today we'll be talking about the parable of the leaven. And so we'll kind of like go through some a journey together and kind of like look at some lives look at some scripture and just peek through and see and I don't necessarily have something at the end to take home it all with but um, let's take the journey on together so let's pray um, Father God you are so good and you know our name and you love us and you invite us in this place so God I give you this time I give you this worship um, that it can be honoring to you, and that um, I will become less, God, and you will become more. That um, your words through me will be a blessing, and what is said is only glorifying to you, God. Um, I give you this time. Go before me. Go after us as the community, and be with us now. Amen. So I want to tell you a story. There's uh, this woman, and she has long, dark hair, and let me show it to you. Here we go. So she has long, dark hair with streaks of gray in it. She has wrinkles on her face from the years of hardship and toil that she's had to endure. And we find her in her kitchen. Um, she's a first century Jewish woman. And this is a very common place for her in her kitchen. Um, and today she's making bread. She makes bread every single day. Uh, and today, though, it is different because she's celebrating. She is, her daughter is getting married, and she is making the bread for the, the feast for the friends and family that will come. And in front of her, she has this table, and in the table, there's 60 pounds of flour and that she is working with, and that means that it's double the amount of water. She's mixing it together. She's kneading the batch to the perfect consistency. 
And then off the shelf, she takes the leavening and she hides it in the dough. She works it in the dough. She mixes and she knows what she's looking for because she watched her mother break, make bread and she has made bread every day for her family. And so she knows how to work the dough. She mixes it, she works it. And um, she thinks of the wedding for her daughter and how when her daughter gets married that she'll give her the leavening and just as her mother gave this woman the leavening when she got married. And she thinks while she's, her arms are burning from the amount of flour and water and leavening that she's working, she thinks back on last Passover and the Passovers previously, how she had to remove all of the leavening out of the house to take away the impurities um, just as she has done before in her um, family before. So this story takes place. Uh, it is the story that Jesus told, the parable of the leavening. And in this it says, in Matthew 13, 33, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and worked into three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. So the thing we want to note about Jesus and his parables is they're not just the stories that he tells. That if you read Jesus's parables, you'll look and see and find that um, there's always some particularity in there. There's always some something that doesn't fit, something that is out of place. And in this particular parable, it is the woman, it is that she is using this monstrous amount of dough. No woman would have worked with that amount of dough on a normal basis. So that would have shocked the listeners. The second is the fact that Jesus is uh, using a woman somebody that is of low stature and value in the first century, and he is using her to bring about the kingdom of heaven. And the third would be the use and the description that Jesus uses as the leavening. And so, it's working. So the word for leaven is this word seor. And all throughout scripture, primarily, it is uh, this this evil and pure thing that needs to be removed. And in the first time in the Bible, in Exodus 12, 15, that's the first time that we see it in the Old Testament. And it's um, talking about during the Passover celebration, that the leavening is burned and removed out of the homes. And this is because Jesus told, God told the Israelites when they were in Egypt and about to flee, he told them to make bread without leavening. And so that is why they celebrate the Passover without leavened bread. And in this parable, it's the first time that Jesus uses the leavening in a positive way, talking about the kingdom of heaven. Before this, there are other times in Scripture. Um, we, this, the negative use of leaven is up here in Exodus and Luke 12.1 and Matthew 16.11 and Mark 8.15. But the times that Jesus compares the leaven of the kingdom of heaven is in this parable and also in Luke 13, 21. So, um, so Jesus uses this as a positive way. Um, those that are on the inner circle, the men and women that are close to Jesus, would later understand this parable to be 
um, that the kingdom of heaven is this quiet, hidden working that uh, they would no longer understand that Jesus is going to take up his sword and uh, revolt against Rome, and that is how the kingdom will come. That they don't, that they will un- later understand that the kingdom of heaven is going to be quiet and hidden and acting on, and that is how the kingdom of heaven will come. And this um, other word in the verse is this word encrypto, and it's used as uh, the, the leaven is hidden and it's concealed. And that is how um, the kingdom of heaven is, comes about. Um, so I am very fond of this parable because I myself uh, make bread and I'm a bread maker and I made it for seven years. And um, the thing to know though about leaven and starters, and usually this, so this would be a sourdough starter, is what they would have used in this time. And the thing to know about sourdough starter is that you have to feed it in, uh, with water and flour in the morning and at night. If you want an active starter, this is like sourdough 101. This is what you gotta do. Feed it in the morning, feed it at night. And so many people have questions, but here we go. Um, and this is a time-consuming process. Let, let me warn you beforehand. Um, that there, so you have the starter going, and then you have to have the leavening, which is the starter and the flour and the water, just like the story. And then once that's ready, you wait another 24 hours, and then you're ready to mix your bread. You have to get it to the perfect level of gluten development. And then you do a bulk fermentation. You do a proof. You have to do a bench rest, and uh, you have to make sure that it's proof the right amount of time. So this whole process is time-consuming, and it's wonderful. And at the end, you have this beautiful loaf of bread. Um, But the best part about bread making is the fact that you get to share loaves of bread, that you get to share recipes, and friends ask you questions, and you just get to bounce ideas off each other of... um, and you get to share starter. So in this, um, in Colossians 3.3, it says, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. So this word in crypto is in this verse that our lives are dead and our life now, our new life is hidden with Christ and God. And so let's talk about what this parable means to us. Um, we serve an upside-down kingdom. We, as believers following King Jesus, we come to serve rather than be served. We come to understand rather than being understood. We go to give rather than receiving. And we give up power and privilege and status. And we look to Christ, we study and we spend time with him, we take up our cross and follow Jesus. We are obedient to what he says, even if it goes against what the world says to do. We forgive someone continuously, even when we don't think it's possible, and we choose to love every day. Richard Foster says that personal formation in the likeness of Christ is arduous and lifelong. So we follow Christ, we hide ourselves in him, And we love God, we love ourselves, we love others, and we love the world. Instead of taking up our sword to fight, we befriend and love our enemy and love those that are different from us. 
So this, there's a story about this man, Nobuo Fujita. And he's a Japanese World War II bomber. And in 1942, he dropped several bombs on the town in Oregon. He went home, end of the story. 20 years later, in 1962, he came back to Oregon in that town that he bombed, and he showed such bravery and courage and something that goes against what the world says to do. And he came to the town, and he asked for forgiveness. And he came with a peace offering. He gave them his 400-year-old family samurai sword, and he gave it to them and said, forgive me for what I did. And he uh, helped fund a library, and in the library he gave them books about Japan so that there would never be another war between the two countries again. And the town forgave him, and they put the sword up in the library for the, all to see. And I um, think that story is beautiful because it shows what real courage and bravery looks like, and that was not an easy thing for this man to do. So I, a little bit about myself, I grew up in church and so what that means, for those who don't know, that once you're old enough, whether that's middle school or high school, summertime means camp. It means going off to summer camp, and there's um, slides and pools and friends and late nights and pranks and um, crushes and more pranks. Uh, but that's what I like to do anyway. Um, and there's also talking about Jesus. And they teach you about God. And, you know, they... So what I remember, what I uh, think back on that time that I went to camp and I learned about God is that it was always about a me-centered theology. It was, Monica, how is your relationship with God? How are you doing with God? Are you guys okay? And so I left there thinking, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your mind and with all your soul and with all your strength. And that was it. And it wasn't until later that I read through the New Testament, that I read and studied the life of Christ, that I understood what it was about. If you read and study Jesus, you know that he stops and he looks at people in the eye, that he stops and has compassion on people, and he loves people. So it only made sense later after I studied Jesus that love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So there's the verse. So it was... In Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, become imitators of God and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and living sacrifice to God. We are to become imitators of God. We are to love people just as Christ loved us. And let me note in this verse something that stood out, something that I feel that someone needs to hear. Is in this verse it says, just as Christ loved us. 
That definition, that Greek translation says that just as Jesus, just as Christ wished us well, just as Christ takes pleasure in us, just as he esteems us, I feel like it's important to note that Jesus takes pleasure in who we are, that he knows our name. And so also, we are to do that for other people. When we are hidden in Christ, when the kingdom of heaven is hidden and it moves, that we are to esteem and take pleasure and enjoy other people. And I can't think of anyone else that does a better job of seeking the kingdom of heaven than Fred Rogers. And in this photo, it's in 1969, and it's a time when there was civil unrest in the country, and that there was segregation in swimming pools, and people weren't allowed to swim together. And Fred Rogers takes a stand, and he says, I will share my pool and my towel, and I will dry your feet with my towel. And that was impressionable on Francois Clemens, and the viewers that watched him. And there was an article written about him, and this is an excerpt from that article. It says, Once upon a time, a man named Fred Rogers decided he wanted to live in heaven. Heaven is a place where good people go when they die. But this man, Fred Rogers, didn't want to go to heaven. He wanted to live in heaven, here, now, in this world. And so one day, while he was talking about all the people he loved in his life, he looked at me and said, the connections we make in this course of life, maybe that's what heaven is, Tom. So we make, we make so many connections here on earth. Look at us. I've just met you, but I'm investing in who you are and who you will be, and I can't help it. As the body, as the church, as the bride of Christ, our lives were never meant to be separate from the world. We were never meant to sit on a shelf away from the rest of the world. We were meant to be a blessing to the world. We are meant to be blessings and not curses. And there's a scholar, Charles Ellicott, and he says, we the church are to gradually diffuse as to slavery, prostitution, the death penalty, and the new reverence for womanhood and childhood, minorities for poverty and sickness, so we may trace the working of the leavening. So this first century Jewish woman, she was making something beautiful and airy and light out of this monstrous amount of dough. She was blessing the masses. And I have to, from growing up and learning that theology, this me theology, uh, I've had to realign my faith and Daily, I mess up daily because it's hard loving people and it's hard, but I mess up and I, because of the good news of Jesus. I know that today doesn't have to be like yesterday. And so, yes, I have to be gracious to myself. We have to be gracious to ourselves when we don't get it right. Bob Goff says um, that our lives were never meant to be this perfectly practiced piano recital, but rather they were to be this improv improvisational jazz flow. That if you get it wrong and you hit the strum the wrong chord, that you keep playing and you keep loving people and you don't stop. And so the kingdom of heaven is here on earth. The kingdom of heaven is here on earth. 
It's the quiet, hidden workings of the kingdom of heaven that we see the leavening. To make something beautiful where others would see no hope and to make a life that is transformed and therefore transforms his or her community. So I want to leave you with this. The words of Jesus, John 15, 12. My commandment is this. Love each other as I have loved you. So I just want to finish out and pray. Um, God, you are good. Lord, bring your kingdom heaven here on earth as it is in heaven. Teach us what it means to follow you and to follow your good news. God, teach us to love you and to love others. Make this way easy and make it a joyous one. And let us know when the hard work comes that it'll pay off in the end. God, we love you and we are your church and we give ourselves to you. Amen. Thank you very much, Monica. I have to say, um, um, I've seen a a lot of the things you're talking about. Today I was in... in, um, Church History for Lunch, and Felicia was teaching on Cyprian, and, uh, and we had this conversation where we've all noticed, collectively, everyone in the, in the gathering there, noticed that there's a lot more talk of the kingdom now than we've seen before. There's a lot more talk of, of the kingdom of God coming amongst our generation rather than us escaping. And I looked at the class and I said, I think... I think the leaven's in the dough, and I think it's being spread, and I think, because I'm seeing more articles, I'm seeing more people talk about it, and I think you're right. I think this hidden idea of, of the kingdom is in, is, is, in, is in the dough. It's in the church, and it's working its way through, uh, and I think it's changing things, and I'm encouraged by that. Thank you very much. Um, can you hit the next slide for me, and then go to the next one as well, because I, I, have, I have communion elements in my hand, so uh, perfect. Um, if you have your elements, go ahead and gather them for communion. Um, there's two elements. There's bread, symbolizes the body of Christ, which was broken for you. There's wine, which symbolizes the blood of Christ, which was poured out for you. All of this for the healing um, of our world, for the salvation of our souls, salvation of our relationships and our vocations in our very existence. And so this is what we do every time we come together to remember what was done for us. And we keep this at the front of our minds throughout our week, and we remember constantly that Christ is in the common elements. It's just bread, it's just wine, but in this moment, it symbolizes everything um, that we love and that we follow and that we stand for. And if we can keep that leaven flowing through everything, we can see Christ in the common as we uh, head outside these doors and as we head into our city. Um, If we can keep Christ in the common, if we can see Christ in everything, in every interaction, that will begin to change things. And so if you have your elements, take the bread, dip it in the wine, Um, and do this in remembrance of Christ. If you would join us for our call like prayer this week, we have a new one this week. Um, Pray with us. God of perfect compassion, who revealed unconditional love on the cross, who forgives without pause and surrounds us with love. Help us feel the warmth of your presence when we feel unmoored and lost so that when we see hatred, we remember your love. Break our bitterness and free us from fear.
loving others as you love us, joyful in the knowledge that your compassion knows no bounds. So that's our prayer for you, and we're going to pray that the rest of this week. Love you all. We miss you, Watermark, and whoever else is tuning in, wherever you are, anywhere in the world. Um, Reach out if you need anything at any point in time, and uh, we'll see what we can do to help you. Love you all. Grace and peace.